I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I create this compliance episode today. I would also like to pay my respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. I would also like to pay respect to the people that have passed down, deepened, enriched the compliance knowledge and wisdom I'm privileged to embody today and share throughout my work as a conscious career coach. Dearest you, today is going to be the very first morning ever I'm going to be recording a podcast right after I wake up to see if this is the right timing for me to stop recording or if the evening, which is usually not my best time, usually very tired and exhausted and not in the mood for anything. But yeah, let's give it a shot. So... Today, I just want to walk you through a little bit of um, or some of the common techniques to launder money. And there's various different ways bad actors, criminals, um, crooks, whatever you want to label them, use to try and hide their dirty money and criminal assets, basically. So say, again, you gotta win a jackpot. You kill someone, you sell someone's organs. You rob a bank. Uh, You're a drug cartel lord. You just have a lot of money, right? And then you want to introduce it to the financial system. In this case, the very first technique, if you want to be safe and sound and kind of do it solo without really dragging a lot of people and attention to you, you would use a technique that is called smurfing or structuring. Although both of them are a little bit distinct, but they share some some similarities. So smurfing or structuring, it's basically when the illicitly obtained funds are taken and then broken down into small, tiny little amounts, which are then deposited into or transferred between multiple accounts, um, which can be either within one institution or multiple institutions. And the reason why you're structuring and smurfing the money through one account with small deposits or even multiple different accounts, not to raise alerts and attention to you, um, is because you're trying to avoid triggering a CDR. At this point, the criminal already knows that I'm taking in the big cash all the way to the bank is a ticket to jail and attention and law enforcement attention. And so you start putting in bit by bit, bit by bit, until you successfully take all of that dirty money that you have into the banking system or the financial system. And another thing which you may then try to do in this case is another technique that is called money muling or basically using mules. Well, this one does not just involve you, it actually involves multiple people and multiple participants transferring the illicit funds. So, 
these are sometimes recruited. They can also be friends and family helping you doing that. And they might not even know that they are breaking uh, the law <laughs> through their accounts. <clears throat> and basically you use these people um, on behalf of you, the criminal. <laughs> Sorry if I keep on saying you, you're not a criminal. We're talking here about a legitimate criminal that um, has earned the money and this is how they structure and use money mules to move the money around. So that's basically um, what money muling is all about and um, structuring, which is using multiple accounts and multiple people to further disguise the source of where the money comes from. And the only downside to this is often victims are dragged into this operation for some financial gains and little did they know that they're literally being victims of facilitating and aiding and abetting money laundering operation. Number three, that would be then bulk cash smuggling, where the proceeds of crime are physically moved across international borders from one country to another with less stringent regulations. You take the money, you take it all the way to another country that would literally ask you zero questions about the origin of the money. And I think this is this has been pretty much famous across all corruption cases over the past over the past decades. Um that's how I guess Panama, like, you know, leaks um, existed and this is how, you know, those little tax havens and, you know, countries that hide the beneficial owners behind these shell accounts and whatnot. And yeah, you could just take the money all the way from, let's say, China, take it all the way to one of the islands, let's say Cayman Islands or uh, any other similar jurisdiction with less stringent controls. And then you funnel that eventually all the way to the United Kingdom or the US and, and then you buy a fancy villa or mansion that is worth millions, if not billions. <clears throat> then another technique would be blending the funds, which entails investment into businesses with high cash flows, uh, such as laundromats. <laughs> Back again to Al Capone. So yeah, it could be any any business, literally, not laundromats. I'm just using laundromats as that's the origin of the term. And also, you know, just to say that's a cash business. It could be a bar. It could be a restaurant. It could be a candy shop. It could be a car wash. It can be anything. Which basically takes in uh, part of their daily operations and, and business intakes. Um, they also incrementally um, take some of the illicit funds and mix it with the legitimate money until the two income streams are indistinguishable from each other. So one cup of coffee comes from a legitimate, like, you know, client. Another cup of coffee is paid by the dirty money, well, uh, for the account. And then the authorities, well, they don't know which one is which, so it's a bit difficult. 
when you blend the funds. <clears throat> so, so yeah, a good example of this technique, as I said, of the money laundering is the one which probably gave rise to the term during the USA's prohibition era of the 1920s and 1930s. Another technique is trade-based money laundering, which money launderers use to integrate the proceeds of crime into the legitimate economy by purchasing goods at uh, either inflated or deflated prices, and often internationally these are cross-border operations with false invoicing and um, false pricing, and makes you think um, that the value, well, is either like, you know, um, overpriced or underpriced, and well, you sell the items later on for a different price, and you can buy MacBooks for 500 euros each, and then you sell them later for 2,000 each, and um, so the, the value declared is not really the reality of what's the um, item value is. <clears throat> Another topology or technique that is also very much often used is shell companies. This is when companies are literally created and put on the shelf. That's why they're called shell companies. Um, they're also called dummy companies. <laughs> Um, that are created by money launderers to hide illegal funds and to avoid paying taxes. The relative anonymity around declaring the true identity beneficial corporate ownership of such entities makes this possible because it's very difficult to really understand who is the ultimate beneficial owner behind these shell companies. And this is where corrupt lawyers usually come into play and help these criminals create an offshore company or an, a shell company somewhere as a front to put a barrier between them and the criminal um, assets and the criminal activity that's generated that dirty money. Another technique, which is a bit way more advanced, is bank capture. In this case, well, let's say... Money launderers are so rich that they even buy a controlling interest in a bank. Well, preferably in a jurisdiction with weak money laundering controls, and then move the money the way they want through the bank without scrutiny. Well, basically they influence the bank. And that's kind of sad. Another technique is called round tripping. Um, it's a scheme involving financial transactions of public companies. It literally means that uh, money went around and ended up at the same place. It went just back in circle, but deceptively um, so that it appears to those not in the know that new money came in when the same money re-enters an issuer. So in terms of money laundering, round tripping usually goes um, hand in hand with trade-based money laundering to round trip to deceive the issuer has to fabricate invoices or sales to move the money and that part of round tripping is trade-based money laundering so the underlying crime here is fraud uh, fraudulent financial statements false documentation to obtain credit etc 
and the proceeds are the proceeds of crime, and thus the financial transactions are laundered funds. And then we've got another technique, and we're almost there. Um, this one is casinos, has been there since for a while now. It's pretty much famous for money laundering. And this is where criminals use casinos to launder money by swapping illegally obtained cash for gambling for gambling chips, <clears throat> playing the tables or machines for a very short period of time, and then cashing the chips for a check or a receipt. The cash is then claimed as a return from gambling or other forms of gambling are um, also employed to launder money using similar techniques. <clears throat> so basically, you go and redeem um, your chips and you go like, well, uh, these are my winnings. Um, here to cash out my legitimate earnings from my gambling session. Uh, in reality, that was just your money in and out and you've cleaned it. Another one is black salaries. I know it sounds odd, but this is exactly when a company um, have unregistered employees without written contracts and pay them cash sal salaries and, you know, dirty money can be used in this case to pay these, um, well, people that are working illegally or without a contract and therefore take the money themselves to their banks and whatnot and that money goes around in the society. Another technique would be then tax havens. We've briefly talked about it. And these are various jurisdictions around the world regarded as tax havens because of financial regulations favorable to a variety of investors for tax evasion or minimization purposes, including criminals. And then the last one would be transaction laundering. It's a growing problem, uh, specifically within the e-commerce system and sphere. And it occurs when illicit businesses hide illegal online sales and purchases through legitimate merchants who are either complicit or unknowingly being exploited. And that, my friend, um, a brief description of some of the money laundering techniques that criminals use to clean dirty illicit funds uh, using various methods. Thank you for visiting us for this episode of Compliance Careerist. Consider following us if you consider taking on development and professional opportunities to help you succeed consciously. And if you know someone who would benefit of listening to Compliance Careerist, please share it with them.